Hello, and welcome to Mashley at the Movies. I am Matt. I am Ashley. I'm Sean. Yeah, Sean is back with us for another year of 31 Days of Halloween. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming. So, um, as, as long-time listeners of the podcast know, uh, every, Hall- every October, every, uh, we go over a uh, movie a day in the horror or thriller or mystery genre and talk about it. And so today, we're going to talk about 1985's Silver Bullet. So Silver Bullet is based on a Stephen King story, is that right? Or novel, I think story. And it focuses on a young boy named Marty, who's played by Corey Haim. And he's a, a wheelchair-bound uh, boy. He has a little kind of motorized wheelchair that's called the Silver Bullet. And he lives in a small town, and within this small town, there's been a series of kind of brutal murders. And he, along with his sister and his uncle, played by Gary Busey, um, begin to suspect that they might know what's happening and they kind of begin to do some investigation and it kind of all unfolds from there. And what do you think about it, Sean? Well, um, kicking it off, I'll kind of start by saying that, like, I'm a pretty huge fan of the quote-unquote werewolf genre. Um, <laughs> I think the werewolf is probably my favorite of, like, the classic, I don't know if you remember, like, Universal or mm-hmm. Hammer or whatever, whatever, what have you, um, monster lineup. I think the werewolf is probably my my favorite of, the, of that group. Um, you know, I feel like it's kind of the most sympathetic one. Usually it's just uh, kind of have a hapless accident that a character kind of innocently becomes a werewolf through no fault of their own, and so mm-hmm. it's kind of the one that has the most, like, pathos um you kind of relate to the characters and you know the werewolf obviously is going to be the antagonist but at the same time i mean you usually kind of sympathize with the character you feel feel badly for them so i've seen a lot of werewolf movies in my day um and silver bullet is one that i saw as a as a kid and i i re-watch it pretty pretty much annually it's <laughs> actually might if it doesn't crack the top five of my favorite werewolf movies of all time it's definitely in the top 10 but um as an overview, I think I think a lot of the movie. Um, what do What do you think, Matt? Like I've, <laughs> I've, I've, spo- I've spoken enough about about it as as an introduction, so sure. I'll kind of pass it over to you to see. No, it's cool. Um, I really like this movie. Um, it's one that I watched a few times as a kid in the '80s, like on HBO or something. And then it has been a little over thirty years since I've seen it, so it was one of those deep breath, like, okay, I'm rewatch. What am I going to think of this? And mm-hmm. I really liked it. Yeah. Um, you know, I recently watched uh, Universal's uh, The Wolfman for the first time from 1941. And I liked it. It's a very, as most movies were back then, it was a very simple, straightforward mm-hmm. uh, movie. And I thought to myself, you know, I kind of wish they would do a werewolf movie where there's like some mystery to it, um, uh, where you don't know who the werewolf is. Mm-hmm. Because I remember like in the opening credits for The Wolfman, it... it, it, it Shows you know uh, you know uh, Bella Lugosi and Ralph Bellamy and then it's like and Lon Chaney as the Wolfman mm-hmm. and so there's no doubt right <laughs> and then I was reminded when I watched Silver Bullet I'm like yeah this is one of those movies where you know they you know depending on your deductive skills mm-hmm. there is a mystery uh, about who the wolf <laughs> who the werewolf is right um, so I, I I like that about it Corey Haim is really good in this um, Megan Follows is, who plays his sister is also good. Um, have an issue with her character's narration, which I'll talk a little bit more about later. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Everett McGill is, is really awesome in this movie as the, the reverend. And then, of course, Gary Busey playing himself, I think, yeah. uh, is, is, also, is also good. So I, my, I definite thumbs up on this. What's, what about you, Ashley? Uh, so this was a new one for me. I hadn't seen it. Um, I didn't see it in, when I was growing up. So um, I thought it to be a very fun and suspenseful movie. I don't know that I would really describe it as all that scary, at least as an adult watching mm-hmm. it. I'm sure as a kid I would have been scared. And I'm sure as a, as a kid the, the twist that comes would have been surprising. But watching it for the first time as an adult, I kind of pretty much guessed what was, what was going down. So, you know... The plot was pretty simplistic, um, but I, what I really liked about the movie is that it took all this time to develop the characters. Mm-hmm. I like that you get to know Marty, and I think Corey Haim is really good in the role, and I like that it develops that relationship with his sister, and it develops a relationship with the uncle. So, you know, by the time things get rolling and, you know, they're in danger, you really feel something for yeah. these characters, and it really just... Um, it really pays off in the end. So I appreciated the movie for that. Um, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Well, I, I remember um, actually buying the, the, the little novella or, or whatever it was when it came out. So this would have been before the, the movie. And it, it's, it's quite a bit different than, than the movie. Um, Stephen King, I think, wrote the screenplay. And I think he did a, he did a uh, kind of an interesting thing with it in that he kind of as Matt said, he kind of used the sister's narration, like looking back as a, as a framing device. And I think that really helped out because I think the screenplay is far better than the, the short story or the novella or whatever was fine. Um, but I, I think that Silver Bullet became much more interesting when it was, you know, you hear a lot of people say it's very Stand By Me-ish or Wonder Years-y or, or whatever, but this was 85, so it predated them both, both the Wonder Years and Stand By Me. But, you know, Stephen King had already written um, the body, which Stand By Me was based on. So I think he probably understood that, you know, delivering a werewolf movie with, in this angle is a little bit different. He used kind of nostalgia and, you know, he framed it differently than a lot of the other, a lot of the other werewolf movies. Like Matt said, it, this kind of unfolds as a mystery, really. I mean, it's not, like you guys said, not hard to deduce who it is, but at the same time, it's, it's a much different movie than something like American World in London or The Howling or something like that. And I think what really carries it is like you guys said, the performances, which I, I feel all, all three, um, Jane, Marty and, uh, uncle red are all, <laughs> all, all outstanding. And really even Reverend, Lo- I mean, the characters are, you know, like you said, they take their time and you really, you actually, you care about the characters in this movie in a way that like, I still, I kind of still pine for these days. Like in a horror film, I just don't, I don't give two shits about characters anymore. <laughs> and this, they did a really good job with this. So they took their time and, the performance has really elevated it, but you know, it, it's. I think it's a really, really well done movie. Um, it's fun. I mean, it's not going to win, you know, any prizes, but it, it's still. I thought it was a great. I think it's a great movie. Yeah, I know. Earlier, Ashley said he didn't find it particularly scary, but I found it to be suspenseful in certain parts. Um, you know, there's the there's a scene toward the middle of the movie where um, the townsfolk. You know, they rustle up a posse and they, <laughs> and they go out looking for the, the werewolf. And uh, there's a scene out in a very foggy wood. Yeah. yeah. And that scene, I think, I mean, I watched it just now as an adult and I, you know, it was just as effective for me now as it was. It was a great, yeah, it's a great scene. Yeah. Um, 
I really also like the, 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 the evocation of place <laughs> for this movie. It really felt like a real small town. felt mm-hmm. lived in. I mean, I was looking at the production stuff. They, they filmed it in, in some places in North Carolina. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's real, you know. And yeah. the, the people who they got to play, they're more than extras, but they're like the townsfolk people. Mm-hmm. There's just these, these, they got these actors who just look like, like real townsfolk, yeah. you know? <laughs> uh, and uh, I, I, I really like them in, in this as well. Uh, I was not a fan of the narration, the, the older sister narration. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't think it was needed. In particular, there's a scene where um, the, the older sister is confronted by the person who is the werewolf. And initially your heart starts to race mildly because you're like, oh, oh shoot. I mean, she, but then you're like, oh no, she's not in danger because she's narrating right. this years later. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and then also, I'm not sure why, but they set this in, 19, in I think, ni- the mid 1970s. And this is obviously came out in 1985. And I, I don't, after watching it, I'm like, okay, I, I just don't see why they yeah. set it in the seventies. I had that same thought. It's funny because, <laughs> Somebody brought that to my attention because I never really noticed before. But yeah, it starts out with the crawl like '76, and it's like, well, why is this just not 1985? <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't know what point setting it in '76 really, really, uh, mm-hmm. you know, had. But it, well, it's funny because I think this movie too is a little more complex than some of those werewolf movies, though. Because like, you know, you've got the relationship between Corey Haim and the sister, and it's shaky. And there's, you know, the sister feels put upon by him because he's. You know, he, he's in a wheelchair and she, you know, it's it takes a little bit of a deeper dive. And then they parallel that with Uncle Red's relationship with the sister. I mean, it's mm-hmm. kind of, you know, it's clever in that way. And I think that, you know, I think that's probably why they did the, the narration, right? It's like the sister's kind of like fondly recalling the time she and her brother <laughs> fought off a werewolf with her uncle. Yeah. And, it, yeah. you know, it, it, it cemented, the, uh, <laughs> cemented the sibling bond there. Um, but, I, yeah, I, I, I thought that part worked for me just because, it to me, it was more, it, I guess it, like, doubled down on the nostalgia factor. But, yeah. yeah. I think what I found a little frustrating, too, and is, and I don't really know how this would have rolled in real life. I mean, there aren't werewolves in real life. But, mm-hmm. I, but, I was, I was, they pushed Uncle Red's disbelief too far. Like, I wanted him, at, I mean, it's fine at first if he didn't believe that they mm-hmm. thought there was a werewolf. But after a certain point, I mean, even right up to the end, before yeah. the big climax, <laughs> he's like, you know, I feel like, yeah. you know, hoodwinked or whatever. And I'm just, it's just like, no, man, I feel like at some point earlier than that, I wanted him to, right. to start believing them. Well, yeah, like when Jane's like, I saw a werewolf, and he's, still, he's, he's he's holding a gun, and he's like, oh, you guys make me feel silly. It's like, yeah, I had that same thought, too. He didn't, right until the very end, did not believe it. But, uh, I know another thing that was kind of, it's still kind of controversial is the werewolf design itself. Oh, yeah. And I know that, um, yeah, I know that the director... I think this movie was a little more problematic too, like in development. Like I was reading about that after. I think yeah. the guy that the guy that, that directed Phantasm was on board to direct this, yeah. which I think could have been really cool. Phantasm yeah. is one of my all time favorites, but there were problems. And then the werewolf Stephen King and the guy that designed the werewolf liked it. Um, Dino De Laurentiis did not like. I mean, and it's funny because the werewolf it is a kind of an it's it's. It's like charmingly bad for me. It's not. <laughs> it doesn't bother me, and now I kind of look back on it fondly. But at the, you know, it, 
it's kind of like a looks kind of berry, like a bear sort of. Yeah. <laughs> I like that they kind of played the Jaws angle, though they didn't really show the, a lot of the werewolf till the very end, which was a wise move. But yeah. the, the the design didn't bother me that much. I know some people to this day don't like it, but I don't know. It's it's kind of aged well in a bad way, if that makes any sense. Like it's so hokey that like I kind of look at it fondly. I don't know. Same here. You know, it's it's not any worse than a lot of what's out there, I'll say that. Yeah. Some of those practical effects these days, the practical effects back then are better than a lot of the CGI these days, I, I still maintain. but Yeah, it's interesting how sometimes, you know, a you know, quote-unquote cutting-edge CGI will be in a movie, and at the time, you're like, oh, wow. And then you watch it 10 or 15 years later, and it's not no, at all. at all, right. So, yeah. Any part, final thoughts? Uh, no, I'll just say I thought the effects were, were part of the charm. Yes. Um, and I, I, overall, I think it's a really good movie. It's a good horror movie for people who are the age of the protagonists. I think they would really be scared by it. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's a family film, too. I mean, anyone, adults yeah. can watch it and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. so, Sean, what do you give this out of 10? Um, I mean, I score pretty highly. Like I said, I think I'd probably give it... I'd give it at least a 9.2. Okay. Ashley? Oh, okay. I'm going to give it a 7.5. Okay. Um, I'm going to give this a 7.8. <laughs> and our score is an 8.2. And it is on the tomato meter. Uh, has a, a 45% rotten score from critics and a 56% from audiences. I feel like that's too low, personally. Yeah, well, it's funny because I, re- I was retroactively like reading some reviews of the movie where I feel like um, Vincent Canby from Variety or whatever, you know, they try to bust out their cheesy one-liners about <laughs> how bad a werewolf movie is. And it's like, I love the film critic and I love reading film criticism, but, you know, not everything is made for Vincent Vincent can be at Variety and, and Silver <laughs> yeah. Bullet surely isn't. It's like I, I wonder when you know they're busting out their clever one-liners if they realize like really you know this wasn't made for you and yeah just I know that's their job so it's a little pretentious of me to say that but it's funny you know and what Ebert think did you ever did you see what he thought I think I may have looked at it but I don't remember um, I know it got a couple of good reviews but I think like I think. Now, I think people look back on it much more fondly than they did at the time, from, yeah. what, from what I gather anyway. But it's one of my favorites, so... Yeah. Same here. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks.